Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Critical Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Good, and joining me once again, two weeks in a row, my friend from Plus One Player, Steve Bastek. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing swell. It's been, honestly, like, these are two of the best weeks of quarantine. I get to see your wonderful face back-to-back weeks, and we get to talk about two of my favorite movies of all time. So it's been a, it's been a good couple of weeks. Well, Satisfied. I, I appreciate that. And I was just thinking about this last time. I am so lucky to get to talk to a ton of people kind of um, through this medium. But when I was like, man, every time I hang out with Steve, I was like, it's just so easy. Like, I don't even have to think about him. I'm like, man, I just did that with Steve, and that was great. And we even had, like, technical issues last time. Knock on wood. Hopefully that won't happen again. Uh, but it was like, yeah, it's like we, we did it, and it was fun. And I was like, looking forward to this because you're right we're coming back talking about terminator 2 judgment day uh and as i spoke with steve before the show i watched for the very first time the entirety of terminator 2 judgment day but i watched the director's cut the two hour and 50 minute version of it so uh, keep that in mind uh but i don't think i doubt it would change too much if i watched like the theatrical or the regular theatrical version because i think this just added more stuff that i would have liked anyway so yeah it it added it adds some some context for sure like so like obviously there was some stuff that was like i think it was better that they left some of it out but there's a scene we'll talk about that's actually like drastically different like there's there's one thing that happens in in the director's cut where it just doesn't happen in the theatrical version okay well that's good to know well uh yeah and anyway like uh, i was saying at the top too this is the kind of the second week in a row we're talking about this specific franchise so if you didn't watch last week so you want to check that out because i have not fully watched through any of these first two terminator films i for some odd reason have seen three and salvation yeah. and genesis but i never finished like dark fate i saw bits of and i, I don't know why but so I now you've it. seen the good stuff like yeah the, the actual good terminator okay and like let's just start there i really like this one and i don't want to say things are like better than other things because this is a very different film and it's again yeah. to, to compare it to things like a lot of people know it's like alien to aliens where like the first movie is much more of like a horror film and then the second one is much more of like an action movie i'm more of an action movie guy and i gotta say uh there was some really good action in this one that holds up really well oh, it really does and i there was one thing that really like tricked my brain and i'm not exactly sure how they did it because i was looking at it and i, and I was like they did it so flawlessly that I was like how uh and the thing i'm talking about in particular is the kind of one of the the early chase sequence where they're in the kind of the, the gully or that kind of um you know like that waterway that's it's you know drained out and you've got john connor who's on his little mini bike and then you have the t-1000 the new liquid metal terminator chasing after yeah. him in a truck which I've, I've seen the truck jump off the bridge which is excellent that one looks good but when um, when the t-800 when the original terminator recipe comes up and he jumps off with his motorcycle that looked like flawless it looked like they just did it and maybe they did do it or something but when he jumps off just with his harley or whatever and lands down there i was like that looks like he just did it i was like yeah they definitely did shoot that but you could because if you look closely it's not arnold like it's the stunt double yes but it is that like that's a legit jump and that's one of the things like (sighs) this movie does hold up very well but i've obviously seen it so many times like i know all like the little things where i can be like oh look there's like you can see his head in the the scene where he's running through the 
the asylum and he goes into the elevator and like splits it open and Arnold shoots his head and like the T-1000's head splits open you can see his head split open like before the gunshot goes off so like I've got to the point where I can pick up on all those little things and in that gully chase scene with the truck when he crashes the truck and it explodes if you pause it and you look at the driver's seat it's just a straight up dummy like they didn't try to hide this thing at all so like if you're really looking for it you can find the little things where like they tried to get away with it but I mean obviously it's a at the time it was like a technical marvel like the T-1000 when he first comes out and he switches from you know the liquid metal form back to Robert patrick by the way robert patrick phenomenal job mm-hmm. absolutely great villain because i love how at the beginning of it where once they finally settle down and john comes like time out stop the bike let's figure out what's going on you're, you just pulled me out of nowhere i know you're a terminator because obviously sarah connor has told him all about this and i love how arnold's basically like sorry kid you got the shitty terminator like that guy t1000 he's way more advanced than i am like he can do things that i can't do he's way more powerful than i am but i'm here for you so i love and like i love like the little seeds that starts planting of like their relationship because that's how this movie is so much different than the first one because the first one like you said that really was like a horror movie it's just like a constant chase scene between the terminator sarah and kyle and now with this it turns almost into this action melodrama where now you're almost like they're like this little weird dysfunctional robot dad son combo so like there's like this family dynamic that gets added to it and it's such a different tone but it's so amazing like i still i can't believe that the trailer spoiled the twist like back then like if you just watched the trailer before you saw the movie it spoils the twist that arnold is now the good guy yeah because i like if you just hid that could you imagine because when you first see him and he is going into john connor and like in the in the the galleria in that little hallway and he pulls out the gun you're like oh this guy is gonna kill john connor and get down like that right there's like oh no he's good yeah and i can't believe the trailer spoiled it if that trailer was out for like a movie today there would be so much uproar online about spoilers and blowing the big moments so i'm glad that i saw it at a point where the trailer wouldn't have mattered because i was stunned after seeing terminator one and then seeing terminator two and seeing how different it was oh totally yeah and that's you kind of alluded to it before but we kind of we kind of glossed over the plot which is very similar to just the plot from the first one but just in case you you didn't keep up with that one it was like it was a human and a terminator went back terminator was trying to kill sarah connor this time it was yeah. two terminators sent back one of the terminators is good and has taken the place kind of kyle reese and then the other one is just like a more advanced terminator and they're both trying to go for john and i i thought that moment which i have seen the gif of arnold like he's walking through the mall basically with a box of roses and yep. this amazing repeater shotgun thing or whatever uh and he you know takes it out I thought that was the moment, like, I was, like, trying to, I was, like, all right, just picture sitting in the theater and you didn't know that was going to happen. And John's, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. I thought he was going to say, and he says it later on, but I thought he was going to say, come with me if you want to live. Like, I thought that was the moment he was going to, like, they were just going to be, like, oh, just retread this right now. But they held back, they showed restraint, and they saved it for another period of time. And I thought it was way funnier when he used it later on. I was, like, oh, this movie, man, I got to... 
I really enjoyed it. Uh, and like you said earlier, you can kind of pick out the faults and the flaws, and I love that you can see that because there was a, f- a few times where I noticed in, during like the chases where I'm like, I think John Connor turned into like a 25 or 30 year old man, or like there's a stunt person on that, like they're trying yeah. to make like a look like a little boy. <laughs> I was like, oh, for sure, I'm, like, yeah, I'm that definitely sure. happens. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know, like the fact that all of it, so much of it, was practical, and for some odd reason, I don't know what it is with this one and the one before it but james cameron's like i gotta show you like a little bit of the war that's happening in like the 2020s and 2030s that's like this like big kind of like um like this big like oh like the people are fighting against the robots and there's like this flying machine but like they kind of shoot it so that way it could be a practical effect because there's probably like something holding it from like above so they shoot it so like you can't see the top super well and it's like it's like gunning these people down and it's there's not really like a need for that but i like that you get to see it they're like oh this is like the hunter killer is still out there and they're like people are still fighting but it's a losing war and the terminators like the t-800s are just walking around with two guns just shooting people and stuff i was like oh yeah i was like this is uh this is pretty good and unfortunately terminator salvation never got to that point uh for some reason it was very different it didn't look like this i wish it would have looked like this you know what i mean like the kind of the dark future where it is like night all the time seemingly I wish that yeah, a lot of a lot of night shots. Well, I feel like too because they didn't want to. They they were more likely to kind of slip in under the cloak of darkness. Like the yeah. whole Terminator concept is to try to infiltrate and, and kill from within. So I can see why they shot like a lot more of the darker scenes there. I, I noticed with this one they don't do as I feel like as much of the the futuristic war because I feel like this one was so focused on let's see if we can put an end to it. And there's that whole sidetrack where you have Sarah going after Miles Dyson and trying to take out like Cyberdyne systems. And I think, like I said last week, where you can see how much that first experience she has on the Terminator changes her. Like you see the little glimpse of it at the end where she's traveling with the dog and she has a gun. But now you see in this one, like you hear from John Connor, why she got locked up in a, um, you know, a, a mental health institution was because she tried to blow up a computer lab. And so like, she now has become Kyle Reese in that scene where he's being interrogated. Like there's that parallel where she kind of, they stop the tape and it's like the same thing that like when they stop the tape on Kyle Reese. So I love how they kind of have those little nods to the, the first movie in that sense, because she really has become like, she is the sane one. Everybody else is crazy for not believing her, but she has to just sit there and take this abuse. And then when she makes her escape, when the team of thousands coming and John and Arnold are coming to basically rescue her, the look of just sheer terror. I love the way they shoot it when he's slowly walking off the elevator and she just like, you can hear like her feet, like slipping on, you know, like the tile floor and she hits the ground and she just starts screaming. No, no. And like, she's trying to escape and now she's literally turning around, running back to the people who are keeping her captive because she's like, he'll kill us all because she so just good. assumes like, this is the same guy. <laughs> and then sure enough, because John had already told him, you know, don't, you can't kill anybody. So now he's in his, you can't kill anybody mode. So he's just beating everybody up. And I love the, the one girl who hits him with the cast and he just looks at her and she's like, ah, shit. <laughs> and he throws her through the window. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I love that part because I think Linda Hamilton does such a good job of selling like, oh, the yeah. true, like, I feel like she's trying so hard. And it's so it's so evident because she is like legit. She's like no. She like and John, her son shows up. Her son who hasn't, she hasn't seen in a long time. She just wants yep. to see him again. He's 
crouched next to her. She's on the ground staring up at the T-800, and she's like, no. And she doesn't even recognize that John is there. And it takes her a minute to be like, wait, like what? And he's like, no, 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 he's helping us. And then they kind of like all turn around, and there's like the T-1000s coming, and she's just like, oh. And see, because that's that's when they they timed it well, when they dropped the come with me if you want to live. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, they knew when to do the callbacks and when to bring back those lines, and they did them perfectly. Like, the timing was great. It never felt like I really like, oh, come on, that's just, you know, because they did it in the first one. It's like, no, this is like, it was just perfect. Like, it parallels the first one so well, but it builds off that universe that it's set up perfectly. Yeah, the question is, how did the T-800 know that line? Because it was Kyle Reese's line. Maybe that was just a thing they said a lot in the future. And well, like... I could imagine, too, <laughs> like, yeah, because obviously, like, that you can really, if you really want to dig into plot holes in this yeah. universe, yeah, you can ahead. really find them. Yeah. But I think one of the things, is like, you could assume is that, like, John Connor might have told him, like, hey, this will get her to you know yeah let's get see. on your side yeah for although sure. it's weird because like he originally didn't want to go there he's like ah, oh, it's a suicide mission like t1000 already probably got her and she's probably dead and yeah. john's like whoa, 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 hey, whoa, whoa no we gotta go <laughs> yeah we gotta go save All my right. mom yeah uh that's yeah i i man i just i like this movie uh and there's i'm just gonna keep gushing about it uh one thing i do want to point out we're talking about kind of special effects earlier and obviously this one revolutionized a lot of stuff special effects wise because mm. of the t-1000 and the liquid metal and that kind of ability like the you know kind of it can go through you know prison bars but it can kind of come back together it reflects surfaces uh, yeah. it's kind of this like almost like liquid mercury vibe to it but then on the other side, I love that they finally added this effect that we see now more so when they're teleporting them back to the past in the beginning. When the spheres show up, it'll like cut into like a portion of the semi truck. It will cut yeah. a piece out of the ground. Yeah. It's like so nice. I was like, oh, that's a good effect. Like, and it's like kind of burning, like because they teleported in, like which you'd think they'd be able to teleport them to a very specific point uh, or like near a clothing shop but they never do, and it's always part of the fun. Uh, and I love that in the beginning of this movie, if you didn't know, you would think that the T-1000 was a human because he's way more like charismatic, he'll talk to people, he, yep. like, he's just, you're like, oh, that's got to be the human. Clearly, you know, Arnie's the T-800, it's gotta be like the same as last time. It's like, no, 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 like the T-1000 is just like a better model. And they kind of gloss over, like, the whole, like, they kind of reprogrammed uh, the T-800 to kind of, you know, go back in the past. Yeah. But I was like, that's okay. Like, I'm like, just try to, like, you know, get to it because you just want to watch him get in there and start fighting. And a lot of their fights, I think, are so funny because it's a lot of just, like, them grabbing each other by the shoulders and just slamming each other into walls. <laughs> it's like, yep. get over here. Get over here. <laughs> You're going into this wall. Uh but I, man, there's a few, like, specific things I wanted to call out because I've seen the minigun thing, you know, a few times as far as, like, the practical effects go. But when they're at Cyberdyne Systems and they're going to destroy all the stuff with the help of Miles Dyson, you get, like, the T-800, he's like, I'll deal with the police. And he's like, I, you know, I can't do this. I can't kill anybody, you know. Yep. And so he goes out there. just You lays swore! Yeah. Trust me, <laughs> yeah. little smirk. Well, tr- trust me. Oh, and he's just, he's so excited to have that minigun in the first place, or he shoots that one security officer earlier in the legs, and he's like, he'll live. And I'm like, he'll oh live. my gosh. Yeah. I was like, this movie's so much funnier 
intentionally than the first one. Like the first one had some like funny moments, yeah. but I don't think it was supposed to be all the time. This one is like it almost winks at the camera. Almost. And because too, at this point, like Arnold had already done like a couple more charismatic, some slightly comedic roles. I think he'd already done like twins by the okay. point, like by the time this had come out. So at that point, everybody really knew it's like, all right, this guy isn't just, you know, muscles and a robot voice. Like he is a charismatic individual. And so, and the opportunity for him to play alongside Edward Furlong and have this father son style relationship, it really opened up both characters because their back and forth is what led to a lot of the comedic moments and that it, it, it never felt again like i said earlier like it never felt gimmicky or like come on like that was shoehorned in it all felt organic and so I, like i have said numerous times i think terminator 2 is the greatest movie of all time and people will always be like well what about you know x y and z it's like all right cool you can have your movies but like this movie blends action drama comedy like it blends so many of my favorite elements of film and it puts them so perfectly into like this two hour and you know 15 20 minute package so oh man i i love all those i love those comedic moments and i love that they gave arnold the chance to actually come to life a little bit more like those teaching moments within the car you know hasta la vista baby chill out dickwad like all those things it just gave that character so much more flexibility so he's not just this walking killer you know he really he could be more yeah oh totally is this the birthplace of hasta la vista yeah this is the this is where hasta la vista baby came out from <laughs> so i have no idea like it was so weird to have john say that first and i was thinking i was like this is what kids say i was like it seems like a really weird thing but then later on when he gets that shot on the t-1000 as he's like dipped in the liquid nitrogen or whatever and he just says i it, love I was that like, scene i was like ah oh. i was like perfect um i just I, there's a lot of uh and this is after like another big chase scene but there's a moment even in there that i absolutely love so i love the minigun stuff i love like the little smoke grenades to clear the cops out and it's just like you know human casualty zero but you know uh, the t-800 jumps on the front of the semi like he grabs with like one hand the like the top of the the cab of the truck and with the machine gun he just like kind of kneels and he's just shooting and it's such a great shot like the image is so good of just yeah. like him just like just shooting the t-1000 who's trying to drive this truck to get john and he's just like i was just like that's so cool i was like what nobody does that i was like i was like oh I, I was like, mm, chef's kiss. Oh, yeah, chef's yeah, because he's getting, they're going to run down because they're in that beaten down pickup truck. Yep, yeah. And he's running them down in the, the liquid nitrogen semi truck. And so he's like, all right, you drive. It's like, where are you going? And I love how just how quickly he gets from the driver's seat to on top of the semi truck and he just sticks the gun right in his face just blasts him and then when he one of the most satisfying scenes i don't know why i don't know why this is for me but one of the most satisfying scenes in that whole movie when he turns the wheel to flip the truck and he's like on top of it and then he jumps and rolls like for some reason it's just like this Dude, perfect circle yes That's like that must be the robot in him. Like, he just knows how to tuck and roll perfectly. <laughs> oh, dude, I love that part, too, because I was like, what is he doing? I was like, oh, he's just going to turn the wheel, and oh, he's just going to ragdoll off of this thing? I was like, dude, I'm like, bravo, man. You just, because when you're a robot like that, you're like, I'm fine. I don't really care. Uh, yeah, no, I love that scene. That uh, that whole thing is, and this is like the second or third chase i think it's the second big chase yeah because this is this is the big climax like this is where it's all coming to to fruition right at the end there because honestly right from the first chase where you you're dealing with like the gully chase scene with like the truck and he's on the little motorcycle 
that gets you hooked because that's what you remember from the first one. You're like, all right, I remember like this action. And when you think that you have them, of course it's way too early in the movie. So yeah, the truck blew up, but of course he's not dead. I love when the tire comes out and he points the gun at it. It's like, oh no, it's just a tire. And then they drive away. And then literally four seconds later, he comes out. It's like, you guys couldn't have waited like 10 extra seconds to see that he's still very much alive. So I I thought like right from the get go, where you're like, all right, T1000 is going to be way tougher because there's no, stuffing this guy in a metallic press yeah so i think right off the bat you're like wow how are they gonna figure out a way to take him out because i can't think of anything where like this guy can literally turn into a puddle and just reform yeah and so you have this new formidable opponent you have this new father-son dynamic this dysfunctional family where you know linda hamilton sarah khan are still very skeptical about the model uh, 101 the the t800 but she's like whatever he's he's tough he's, he's a big tough guy and so this is actually one of the scenes that's different in the director's cut versus the theatrical version so you know where they're in there after like the first big chase and they they get the car and they're like all right we're gonna let's get those those wounds taken care of because obviously if he can't pass for human he's no good so they're in that little like garage and she's doing work on him she's pulling out the bullets stitching them up and in the director's cut, she starts talking to him about like what his CPU is. And he's like, oh, well, if you turn it this way, it can become a learning computer and I can be taught things. But his base setting is not that. It's just I'm programmed this way and I just have my orders. I can't learn anything new. However, if you take the chip out, you can change it, put it back in, then I become a learning computer. So in the director's cut, she takes it out and she's about to hammer it like she's about to smash the chip because, again, she's skeptical. of This thing doesn't trust it. And John actually jumps in front of it, puts his hands over and screams, no, 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 don't do it. And she's like, we got to do it. We got to kill him. And so in that, they actually tr- switch the chip. And that's how he like the hasta la vista baby. And like when all those learning moments, that's how he has them. But in the theatrical version, he just says, I have a learning computer. Like he's just basically saying, I'm a robot who can learn these things. And so it's weird because now, because I honestly, I love the director's cut just because more of this the better for me. So I'm a little torn because I think, I really think they kind of should have kept that scene in there. I understand cutting it for time makes total sense because yeah. you got, you can't just be throwing out like three hour movies. Not everything's the Lord of the Rings people. Yeah. So, <laughs> So, like, I get that, but, like, something about that scene just spoke so much about, like, the complicated relationship that Sarah has with these types of machines. And no matter how trusting she, she like, well, she sees John is with it, she still can't get over that hurdle because of everything she's seen. And so, like, I love just that crazy juxtaposition where it's like she's willing to just be like, you know what, John, I'll take care of you. I'll, I'll get you out of here. We'll go to Mexico. We'll be fine. And John's the one who sticks up for this machine. You know, he has all because all John knows is like, no, like these things sound super cool. Like he's like 10 years old. So, like, of course, he's like fascinated by this and the fact that he's supposed to be some amazing leader. Oh, man just uh, that's one of my favorite scenes in the director's cut because i think it says so much about the complex relationship of the three characters yeah i'm honestly surprised that it wasn't included in the theatrical cut and i get it for like time and stuff but still that like i think that makes it way more interesting and that kind of goes to two of the main characters that i thought was such an interesting kind of shift in that the t800 becomes the father figure and the best father that you know john's never had but then also sarah 
you know, I didn't even see her as Kyle Reese, I guess, until you told me. It makes more sense now. I saw her more as, like, becoming the Terminator. Because when she goes to get Miles Dyson, she's like, I'm going to kill this guy no matter what. I'm going to kill him. I have to kill him. And she kind of screws up, and she finally gets a chance to, like, basically shoot him point blank and make sure that this guy who's going to eventually create Skynet is dead, and she can't pull the trigger. Like, her humanity kicks in, and, like, his wife and his son are there, and she's like, I just... I can't, like, you know what, I can't. I was like, oh, this is so cool, because, like, she's finally realizing the difference kind of between being, like, just a machine and being the human, and, like, even though she's so dedicated, she's been stuck for however long in, you know, uh, this insane asylum, and she's like, nope, even though I wanted this to happen, like, I want to make sure the the world can continue, I'm not going to, like, do it this way in this mm-hmm. manner and that scene following too where you do get john who weirdly enough becomes the most mature person really quickly in the beginning of the movie he's like hey it's just like a kid with his friend on his mini bike and then she's he's not like, my mother yeah Todd. yeah and then later on he's like hey man we can't just like we we care we have feelings sometimes we cry yeah. it's like when we don't hurt but we still hurt um but i love that when they're <laughs> just like john I love that he just starts taking control of these moments. Uh, not only like what you talked about with the whole like CPU, like, you know, he's like, you know, mom, you got to listen to me. If you don't listen to me, how is anybody supposed to listen to me? But then he goes to this place with the Terminator and he's like, hey, he's like, show him. And he talks, he, John grabs like Miles' kid. And he's like, hey, do you want to show me your room? And they like walk off. And so there's Arnold and this, and this poor Miles Dyson, this poor guy, this tech guy who's just like doesn't understand, like he should probably spend more time with his family. He's been shot. He's wounded on the ground. His wife's like holding him. He's like bleeding. And Arnie walks in, grabs a big knife and like cuts the flesh off of his arm and rips it off to show like the metal hand. I was like, such a good gosh. I was like, listen to me very closely. (laughs) He's just like twirling his little fingers. I love that. That part was, I was like, that looked so good. I was like, that'd be terrifying because they're like screaming as he's like cutting his arm open. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's just like, mm hmm, mm hmm. Because there's so much involved with the Dyson storyline. Because obviously, first of all, good thing Sarah's not the best shot because yeah. she's she was pretty close to his heart there. Close. <laughs> it's pretty close. But uh, and also his kid, I think his name is Jamie. Um, clearly, like the bravest kid next to Edward Furlong here, John Connor. Because yeah. like that kid just went up to him and was like, "Hey, lady with a gun in my house, don't shoot my dad. I'm gonna lay on top of him, make it much harder for you to shoot him because now you have to shoot a kid, and that's not gonna be easy for you." So glad that she had that moment because they obviously arrived a little too late. But when they're all kind of talking and then he kind of lets on, it's like, oh, yeah, we have the chip and the arm from the the first one. And Sarah's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's like she's like, nobody believes me. And you people have the, the chip in the arm like you have my proof. Thanks. So I'm the one locked up and you assholes are turning keys at the same time. So you can <laughs> just just gawk at the cool metallic arm. Yep. So I loved it because they show that at the like the early part of the movie where him and his coworker they turn the keys so you can see the arm in the case. And so like I love like Arnold like showing him in person like look this is what you people are going to do. And he's like ah this isn't good. So when they actually go to Cyberdyne to basically blow it up, one of you know the scene where they barge in like the SWAT team barges in shoots Dyson, and so Dyson's sitting there he's like I don't know how much longer I can hold this. You know the the main guy, the main SWAT guy, who's like, everybody out now! You know who that is? Who is that? 
It's Dean Norris, Hank from Bake Breaking Bad. That's who it is. I was like, I feel like I know this guy from something or somewhere. I was like, I saw him just briefly. I'm like, okay. So I picked up on that because Terminator 2 came out, I think like in 2016. It was like a re-release in 3D in theaters. So Uh naturally, like me and my entire family went and saw it. And so naturally at this point, I'd already seen Breaking Bad. And so when that scene happened, I was like, I heard the voice. I'm like, is that Hank? So I literally waited for the credits to roll. And I was like, that's Hank. Got him. I found him. Dude, you got to get to start somewhere. I love it. Yeah. I love seeing that sort of stuff. I was also thinking about, like, the security guys um, when they originally, like, go into the place. And I just love the whole, like, Miles Dice. He's like, yeah, I have some family from out of town. I just show them the lab it's, it's or like whatever. Midnight. Yeah. And the guy's like, uh, you know the protocol. And then they, like, both T-800 and Sarah draw guns on the guy. And Arnie just says, like, I insist. And it's like, yeah. um, yes, of course. <laughs> it's like, please come in. I like up until that point, though, because Sarah had used the silencer, the suppressor, that there weren't, like, cops flooding Miles' house earlier on. It was like they could sit there and talk about this stuff. It wasn't like there was a clock. Like, the cops were coming, and they have to, like, get right, out right, of there. Right. I was like, oh, so there's, like, time. But then, obviously, you know, it, it's not like that's going to last forever. And, uh, yeah, man, it just it just leads in a lot of stuff. I think it's hilarious, though, that after that whole crazy situation at Cyberdyne, you just have the T-1000 who shows up late, and he's just on a motorcycle driving through the building. <laughs> like, he's just, like, yeah. he's like, looking around. He's like, where did they go? <laughs> I was like, what are, you, what are you doing, buddy? I was like... And then he just goes straight up Grand Theft Auto. He's like, I'm done with the motorcycle. I want a helicopter. Yeah. He just drives the motorcycle <laughs> literally into the helicopter. Yeah, which I... And then he just tells that guy to get out. And I like that the T-1000... <laughs> <Get> out. <laughs> he doesn't really... Yeah, he doesn't kill if he doesn't, like, need to, need to. And because in both series, or both both um, movies so far. I haven't seen the dog die on screen. I just like to assume that they just let him go in a very harmful way because uh, that's my own headcanon and that's just how I live my life. But I, I I appreciate the helicopter chase sequence because I'm pretty sure all of that's practical for the most part. Like they drove, like, drove under an underpass and like yeah. up and over a bridge and like another helicopter with the cameras probably flying next to it and they like went up and down together. I was like, this is really good. I was like, Oh man, you are not going to see this stuff since like Mission Impossible Fallout. Like, with yeah, and I love how he just he just gets the idea. He's like, oh, I'll just stop short. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love. I I just I appreciate that too because I was like, yeah, what if he's just like, I'll just slam on the brakes right now. And I love that you get like that moment with Sarah and she's like, they're in the back of this truck trying to escape and she's like taping or putting up bulletproof vests against one of the doors so she can kind of shoot and then duck behind it. I was like, this person, she's clearly like lived her life as just like the crazy lady who's preparing for Doomsday, but like legitimately means to do so. Well, see, because so because remember, we talked about this at the end of the first one where it's like, I guess she's like you were I think you were saying it's like, oh, I guess she's going down to Mexico. See what she does there. Now we saw it like they go down and it's just like oh Enrico Enrique it's yeah. like she made connections and she has a giant stash of weapons hidden underground yeah I and wish... like that was such a great stash of weapons she knew it. She, like that's a doomsday prepper oh for you sure you want to get on the side of totally sure. yeah well he's, like he's holding the minigun and John's like oh yeah that's totally you and he just kind of gives like that smirk like mm, like you know yeah that's sweet, sweet. <laughs> I wish we could have gotten a montage because there's like one throwaway line of John saying he's like, yeah, my mom kind of hooked up with anybody that could kind of teach her stuff about like the world or kind of like, you know, lockpicking or, you know, shooting and all this stuff. I kind of wish we could have seen like a little bit of that. And I get why you couldn't because this movie's already like the director's cuts like three hours already. Yeah. It's like, oh, it would have been nice to see that because when we first see Sarah, it's just like it's obviously she's very different and she is smoking or she's doing chin ups and stuff. 
uh, which is so great. I was like, oh, she's just getting jacked. Uh, and like these terrifying orderlies that she has to deal with, which she does. Oh, get those guys are terrible. Yeah, I was surprised they didn't take it another step further. I thought they were going to. I appreciated, though, that that one got his comeuppance, uh, that he got kind of beat up with, like, the broken yeah, half of a broom or the, whatever. Some, some of that was was taken out of the theatrical version. Like, yeah. you don't, you know, like, for instance, the whole Kyle Reese scene isn't in the theatrical oh, version at all. And then, so the, the, the prelude to that, where it's like, I don't like the, when Silverman's like, I don't like the patients messing with their rooms. And then they're like, all right, we'll take care of it. That's where the scene ends. But in the uh, director's cut, that's when they go in and like force her to take her pills and like taser and beat her. Yeah. So like, that's not in the, the weird scene where he licks her cheek. That is in the, cause like they, they needed to like, so like this dude fucking sucks. Yeah. And she's and oh man, I, when she hits him across the face, it's like, yeah, sir, let's get out of here. I thought for sure he was going to get destroyed by a Terminator. Like I thought for sure it was going to be something like that, but the Terminators yeah. are usually pretty nice about that. They're not like going to make you suffer. Like they just be like, you're dead. Like, so I thought for sure he was going to get dusted, but that she got to do it was even better. I, yeah, I appreciated that. Uh, and man, the Kyle Reese thing though, I liked that. I thought that was good. And like he kind of, you know, he says to her like, you know, get up, soldier. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of trying to pick her back up. I was like, ah, oh. so that's sad to hear that that's not in the original version. That should be, I think. Oh well. Yeah, that was one of the ones that got cut for time. But that the one of the main scenes in the hospital where like that first one where we actually get to see you know uh, Arnold and John Connor rescue her. I like the where you first see the T one thousand mimicking somebody else, like because at this point you had seen he took over John's stepmom because kills the stepdad when he's drinking the milk. Great death scene, by the yeah. way. Hilarious. Hilarious image. But this is the one where like now he sneaks up on the security guard and like the guy turns around and is like, Oh my god, like it's me. Yeah. And he does the the pointy finger through the eye. Yeah, no thanks. Oh, oh yeah, like no, that's you. why the T one thousand is such a good villain because that is the most like just grotesque and painful way I can imagine oh, totally. just killing somebody. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and like his body shape uh, and stuff too. And he like drops his like, he's like, Oh, must be my lucky day. Cause he gets like a little, he like wins something. Maybe on I got a full house. Or whatever. Yeah, I, gotta, I was like, I was like gotta, Oh, don't say that. Don't say that you're going to die. I was like, Oh, you're so dead. You got uh, a full house on coffee poker, yeah, which, it, which I don't there know you go. what that means. Uh, and when you said Silverman didn't have, I wasn't expecting him to be in it as much as he was. Cause I thought he was going to be kind of like a cameo. He's in it for a good chunk you know earlier yeah. on and i love that like later on he's just totally proven wrong like he's just kind of sitting there and he's just like oh my gosh <laughs> when the like... t-1000 walks through the the door and then he like someone has like the the needle cap in his mouth and he just like stares in his mouth agape he's like oh wow yeah. like this is a problem <laughs> he's in the third one if you remember he's in the third one very briefly okay but he's finally had his like come to Jesus moment because he's like talking to somebody. Oh, he's talking to, to Claire after okay. like she kind of gets rescued and he's like, you know, you start seeing things, imagining things, crazy things, unthinkable things. And he just like keeps going on and on. And then eventually <laughs> he sees Arnold again. He just sprints the other way. He's just like, no. <laughs> it's like, so I love because like Silverman really is like the perfect, just arrogant, mm -hmm. just, you just want to prove him wrong so bad and you know that he's wrong and so to like see him come to this realization in a very painful way was great like when he when sarah breaks his arm you broke my arm and she's like it's like 215 other 
bones of the human body which one's next it's yeah. like yeah <laughs> dude that i love that i i also like that like with him when he's kind of bringing around some other like maybe students or potential like psychiatrists they deliver yeah. the expository dialogue in a much more like organic and genuine way which i really appreciate because i would think that like it would be hard to kind of explain this to to somebody who doesn't know the first terminator you'd be like what yeah. the heck like i don't understand like what is happening at all but like they do it in such a good way there i was like oh that was a cool way to like bring people up to speed really quickly if you haven't yeah. seen the movie for a long time or if you've never seen it you're like okay this lady she's crazy maybe she's not crazy you know like i was like oh okay but obviously everybody there thinks she's totally nuts and they like show her the videos of her being nuts just to be like hey you remember when you went crazy that one i was like why is she sitting in here with a cigarette like watching this like she's back at the police station i was like oh they're just like messing with her i was like poor sarah well, yeah like, and that's why like when they come in after you know arnold shows back up at the the mall and they're like, oh, the foster parents have been murdered. Your son's missing. And this guy's back in town. And she's just sitting there silently because, you know, she just wanted to be like, yeah, I told you all about this. Like, I, I warned you for years. Yeah. But she just silently sits there. And that's when she grabs the paperclip and plans her escape. And it's just like, because like, she's always just one step ahead of all those idiots, which is why Sarah Connor has always been like a legend because she at first, like we talked about last week, she's just, you know, stuck in this small town working at this you know little hole in the wall diner getting treated like shit by the, the the customers and then by the end of it she's like this battle-tested warrior and now in this one she's basically trying to protect john and make sure that she can set him up to be successful even though she has literally everybody against her yeah and so i i do like how she gets a lot of vindication in this one and that's why I still got to see Dark Fate because I really hate the way just Terminator 3 was like, oh, she died. It's like, oh, yeah, it's weird. Come on. And so, like, I like how Dark Fate's like, nope, we're retconning it. Terminator 3 didn't happen. She's alive because I definitely feel like Sarah Connor deserved way better than, yeah, she died, you know, years ago. Like, yeah. come on. Do you think it was like a money thing? Do you think it was like a, like, or anything they, like that? Well, they, I know they definitely could not get Linda Hamilton for whatever reason, because I don't okay. think she wanted to do it. Because again, it wasn't, like, James Cameron wasn't involved with the third one. Sure. So, I, I feel like she probably wasn't interested, or maybe they couldn't afford her. And so, yeah, they just, like, killed her off, which is like, come on. Yeah. It's Sarah Connor. Like, she is the Terminator series. <laughs> Yeah, totally. That is kind of strange. It made me like want to go back and watch all these other ones just again to kind of get back to Dark Fate just to be like, okay, like what does she finally because I feel like in the end of the first one, she's like, she's you know, understood the world a little bit more and she's getting a little bit closer to like becoming the person she will be eventually. In this one, she is like, she's finally like suiting up with the guns and stuff and she's ready, like she's ready to do this. And then like yeah. in Dark Fate, it looks like she's been doing this since she was a baby. Like she's just like, the, they just show her with like that, like the whole, like the, the vest and the guns and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I want that. Where's the, where are those movies? I want 10 of those movies. Like maybe that's too many, but like just that's, that's so cool to me. I'm like, I know Hamilton, man. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, but she does a great job in this one of like the first one. She was so naive and just so like, what's going on? Like you were her, right? And this one, she's like that crazy person who survived this oh, yeah, horrible just... plane wreck almost. And she's just like, she's like, no one believes me. And they're like, yeah, it's yeah. like paranoia, PTSD, and then also the like just the the burden of knowing that she's right but everybody else doesn't know she's right. So there's just so much wrapped into that. And like Linda Hamilton's performance is in this movie. It's just, 
it's captivating every time she's on the screen like you can't look away like that like we were talking about already the scene in dyson's home where like she's finally just like collapsing in that moment where she's got the gun and like she just can't do it and she doesn't even say a word it's just all in her face just you could feel every ounce of energy just shift it goes from pure rage and aggression to just complete sadness and just just a broken spirit in 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 a matter of a moment so there's like so many of those little things that she does so well. And then the whole last part, like that whole last scene where they've crashed the car, Asa La Vista baby, he blasts them, but then he's like, uh-oh, he's forming again. But I like how they start showing you, it's like T-1000 is now kind of screwed up because of the liquid nitrogen. He's like got the little the little glitch thing, like refreshing himself. Yeah, you can't help it. And, <laughs> in, and then in the director's cut, like he'll grab onto the railing and he'll get like stuck to the railing or like his feet like meld into like the ground. That doesn't happen in the, the theatrical one. Like they don't show that stuff. Oh, okay. It's more like the, the all that they do is they show like the little flicker and that's supposed to just be like all right something's not right here. Gotcha. Um but like that whole last like it's like a slow motion chase like there's like those small little bursts of action where they have the first fight with Arnold and the team 1000 where the team 1000 catches Arnold's arm and like the gear breaks his arm off and then they have the next fight where you think he kills Arnold where he stabs him through the chest but then Arnold's backup battery gotta see this always gonna have a spare battery folks yep always that's one thing Terminator 2 has taught me always carry a spare 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 battery kicks in he pulls the thing out grabs his grenade launcher which we know has one grenade left yep one grenade left (laughs) and so now you got John and T-1000 are like coming at like face to face and T-1000 is imitating Sarah because he had made contact with her earlier. He did like he stabbed her through the arm and was going to kill her. But that's when Arnold made his first comeback. And so you got him calling out to John. John thinks it's his mother. But then if you look in, in again in the director's cut it shows john look down and it shows the feet stuck to the ground so he yep. knows that that's t1000 but in the theatrical release it doesn't show the feet all it does is like you'll see sarah connor come from behind and she says john get down and what you'd see is you see john look down and then he jumps down so it's much more subtle okay like again like the i i i could do without all of the oh look he's sticking to that again because then there are like certain plot holes like when arnold and t1000 are fighting and he throws him up against a metal wall and t1000 like just flips himself and so he's now facing him it's like why didn't he get stuck to that metal wall like sure, if you, yeah so like there i good point i would prefer that they just didn't show that stuff so I, i'm glad that they left that out in the theatrical release um but like that last moment where Sarah's like, John, get down. And then she shoots him. She's blasting him. He's like right teetering on the edge and she runs out of ammo. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, throw the gun. Yeah. Just throw, <laughs> throw the gun, <laughs> knock him anything. off. But then you see Arnold come up and he's got the grenade launcher. And he shoots that motion. one grenade <laughs> and it just goes right into his stomach. And I love the zoom in on Robert Patrick's face when he's like, oh shit. And he blows up. And it's just such a great, satisfying death scene for this utter menace. He blows up. He's making all types of screechy sounds. Looks like a broken camel. Mm -hmm. And then he falls into the lava and he starts just mashing about in the lava and he starts going through a cycle of every person he imitated. And it's such a cool way to end like his run. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, They did this like maybe twice or three times in that moment. I was thinking of it too. 
I it's like maybe it's a like a '90s thing, but to like to do like the slow motion, like and it was like not like the good stuff that we have today, but like you can clearly tell they're just like they wanted to make the scene like the moment last just a little bit longer. Oh yeah, they're like so Arnie's coming up with the grenade launcher, and it's just like John, get down! It's just like really slow mo. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. I'm like you know, but I get it, it's like it's dramatic. It's dramatic. Uh, I had a question for you though. I think it's BS that the T1000 can turn into a floor. Because I feel like he should be doing that kind of stuff more often. Because he does it once, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait a sec. T-800 told me that he could, like, tur- like transform into, like, anything he touches and has to cover his whole body, right? And I was like, okay, so that's, like, clothing and stuff. He has to, like, touch it, has to, whatever. But I was like, he can turn into a floor? And I was like, because John even asked at one point, he's like, why doesn't he turn into, like, some other inanimate object? And he's like, well, it has to be the right size. So I was like, so could he turn into, like, a, like a little fridge? Or something no because nothing that has like it, it couldn't be anything that has like mechanical oh, parts yes, that part yeah. like that okay. yeah but he could turn into like a bench yeah he could definitely turn into a bench, a <laughs> so, bench? or or as arnold put it knives stabbing weapons yeah exactly i i just feel like he should have turned into like a sneaky bench somewhere it just been like just like just slowly walking around See, that that is a thought however at this point since john and Arnold and Linda had already known about him. So Sarah, John, all of them, they all know about his existence. They're going to be on the run. Yeah. So like he, he now at this point, he's run out of leads. Sure. So he can't like figure out where he's going to be. Yeah. So in that sense, I can see why he can't just like wait it out. He has to be on the hunt, but he is still very creepy with his knife hands. Yeah. Well, obviously they like, they want to have the actor be showing off all the time and he's always back in his police uniform. I just think at some point, you just be like, all right, what's the next easiest thing? And I would just love it if there was ever a time where they considered, they're like, what if the T-1000 was like, I'm going to go kill the president, I'm going to become the president, and then I'm going to task the entire United States to find John Connor. Like, that would have been hilarious. They're like, Mr. President. We that would have been next level thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. President, we got we got to figure out some taxes stuff. And he's like, have you found John Connor yet? They're like, sir, we all, I, we can't, we haven't found him. They're like, find him. They're like, we're going to have to invade Mexico. And he's like, go now. Like, you feel like just, I'll be like, honest. Uh, I feel like it'd probably be easier for the T-1000 to infiltrate the secret security, secret service as opposed to Oh, trying sure. to infiltrate Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, and obviously, like the T eight hundred is like always kind of checking out for him. And I love that yeah. there's like a moment too where even Sarah's like, well, in this twist up world, like maybe he's the best father we ever could have hoped for, and she's just gonna like leave her son. With him. Oh, I know. She's, she's like, literally. Bye. She's like, he'd never get drunk. He would never beat him. He'd never yell at him for no reason. It's just like, yeah, he actually wouldn't be that bad of a dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh, I. You could just program a bunch of psychology into him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he just and like even at the end, I think they kind of they like let it back a little bit where it's like he's not a machine anymore because John hugs him and the T-800 actually hugs him back and like closes his eyes and stuff. And it's oh, like, man. there's like, that's like a moment where I was like, ah, I think that was just kind of Arnold that, being Arnold. I was like, that moment, that moment gets me every time when he says, I know now why you cry and dude. it's something I can never do. That line will get me every time. Yeah. 100% of the time. And I like too that like he wasn't just thrown in with the T-1000. I thought originally that's what was going to happen. Because I, I'm familiar with the whole thumbs up sequence where he kind of lowers himself or they lower yeah. him in because he can't lower himself down. Can't, to get melted can't self-terminate. Yeah. yeah can't I, do it. I love that because I was like, oh, it was like a big, I thought there was something else that was going to kind of like, oh, the cops are showing up. You got to go quick. I was like, nope, take as much time as you want. Like this movie allows these scenes to breathe out or to breathe a little more. I was like, oh, that's cool. Because usually it would have been like in other movies, he would have said like that to John and then tackled the T-1000 off the railing, 
you know, and then they would have both yeah. died in that moment. There wouldn't have been that closure like we get. Um, and I, I like that. I think it's good. I think it's yeah. really and good. I love too when he just when he finally gets picked up after he blasts him, he just goes, "Oh, I need a vacation." Yeah, there's some stuff <laughs> like where I was missing like, an arm. He's just shattered. He's like, "Oh, jeez." I was like, either the T800, <laughs> like they're starting to, they're like they're writing funnier lines for Arnold to say, or he's becoming more and more human all the time. Where he's just like, "Why would you yeah. say that?" But I love that he says it because you're like, "Oh, a T800, this guy that you like." You gotta double tap these robots, guys. You really have to, because you just yeah. every time you think he's dead, you're not dead. You he's just sure. uh, he's just Uncle Uncle Bob, you know. Uncle, he's uncle, <laughs> you're just Uncle Bob, and like Uncle Bob. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, shout out quick to uh, to John's friend in the beginning who saves his life almost twice in a sense. Uh, like he does a really good job at the arcade. He's just kind of he like, does. Like I love that. I was like, that kid's a good friend. I was like, that he's kid, got his back. He's got his back. I was like, that was a good, good friend. There's some good, like um supporting cast members in here. And I was like, huh, I thought I saw the guy from family matters working as one of the orderlies, but I don't think that's the same guy. There's somebody else. Cause like the part where she's like walking out with them. And I was like, is that the, cause I was trying to see like after the whole like Dean Norris thing you're saying, yeah. I was trying to picture, like figure out if there's anybody else who had like a super minor role that went on to do something way bigger and i was like okay who, who are all these people i was like is there somebody else in here that's like but i don't is there anybody else in there that like became famous after that i didn't pick out no not not that i can think of not like even edward furlong didn't really do anything after this <laughs> yeah he's this is like kind of the only thing i know him from and it was so yeah funny. he did like obviously like american history x and then uh pecker if anybody remembers the movie pecker where he played a photographer oh that's fun <laughs> uh he did a great job i thought uh, it was so funny though once in a while he would kind of screech and some of like the lines like it just there's no really great way to deliver some of these lines from like a 10 year old who's like yeah. gotta go um and you're like yeah man uh but i was like he did a good job of trying to be like the only adult in the room sometimes and he tried to have fun with things like he was just kind of like like his mom's like how much money do you have he's like yeah a couple hundred dollars and uh and she's and he's like well i'll give you half of it or whatever and she just like takes all of it and he's like yeah hey, like whatever uh and or earlier on when he's like hey uh hey terminator do you have a quarter and just the, a practical effect but just he walks into the phone booth and just backhands the, <laughs> the phone it's just all these things he's just like there you go kid take like, one puts it back in I'm like that i was like that kind of practical stuff you don't see as much anymore and it makes me sad because like when you see these things blow up or like these things crash into each other yeah. like, that's really happening for the most part like they really tried to do it and kudos to them and uh i think one of the reasons why they showed you a good chunk of like the future stuff too is because we never got the full melted t800 in the like modern day so they kind of yeah. had to show it somewhere as because be, people be like, I didn't see the, the like the original Terminator. They're like, oh, right. he's in the future, and they got tons of them. They got guns. There's like one on the <laughs> ground who's like kind of malfunctioning, and a dude like a soldier runs up and over the like this ridge, looks at him, is like, like that guy's like, I got one. It's like, oh, dude, you're screwed. But yeah, I don't know, man. I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was a lot of fun. And again, it was like three hours long and I was like watching like, man, there's no way I'm going to get through all this in like one night because I was kind of watching it pretty late. And I did. I was like, oh yeah. And when I was done with it, I was like, whoa, that was a lot. Like uh, I wanted the theme to play though in the movie more. And I don't know if it ever played once in the movie because I wanted the dun 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 dun. Like I wanted yeah. that 
in the movie. Uh, like, I love that. I love that theme. It's so it really good. just like kicks in at like the end. Like that's really like the only time. Like right before like uh-huh. fades to credits. Dude, that's where I would have been putting him with when he's on the gear with the grenade launcher. I would just have that playing just like quietly, just like building up. He's just like yeah, he's ready to shoot him. But yeah, all that practical stuff with the T one thousand man, like that. Stan Winston and that crew, they all did such a good job. Like, and again, it kind of pushed, you know, movie effects forward. Uh, and unfortunately, maybe in a bad way, because uh, there's just so much more CGI, obviously, nowadays. But that film had both, it, like, had the CGI stuff yeah. that they couldn't do practically and as much practical stuff as they possibly could. That's the thing is, like, James Cameron, up until, like, Avatar, uh, was always very good with practical and CGI, mixing the two. But I feel like Avatar was just, like, all cgi like yeah it's kind of hard to to not right yeah that's true yeah without i was like and with titanic even they had like miniatures and stuff and they tried to do like the flooding sequence and i was like watching some behind the scenes stuff and that that stuff's nuts by the way but avatar is just like we can make whatever worlds we want and it's like (laughs) okay uh good on yeah uh but yeah terminator 2 judgment day i like it i think it's really good i i had a really good time and again this came out in 91 did you say yeah 1991 okay which is funny july 3rd that cyberdyne <laughs> computer lab reminded me a lot of like the jurassic park computer lab like i was like oh, yeah it's like very that's like the very like 90s like what if the computer lab was like all white and like maybe some concrete <laughs> i was like yeah that's pretty much yeah just like weird bluish hue lights just uh just like the stereotypical computer lab yeah oh I really yeah, i'm glad i'm glad you enjoyed uh uh, both of them because these are the best terminator movies by far and like i said i, I still think t2 is just the best movie ever made so i'm glad you enjoyed them <laughs> yeah dude for sure well it's nice because uh as i like to joke with people it's like not so much of like me like try to watch a thing now and be like you suck for liking this or like i completely agree with you it just shows me a little bit more of the person and mm. this just makes me like you even more steve because you got good taste my friend thanks pal you know what <laughs> and like this movie i don't care who you are check out Check out Terminator Judgment Day. If you like action movies, if you don't like action movies, I highly recommend that you don't watch this because you might be like, this is, what is this? But like, this movie is a lot more fun and brisk, I feel like, compared to the the horror, uh, you know, that is in, it's not like a slog fest in the first one, but it's just very yeah. different. It's such a different tone, different pace. Yeah, I'd say the first one is much more tense, where this one is a lot more action like you said but i think the like you said with the pacing it's a lot different because there are moments of just pure joy which you don't really get much of in the first one (laughs) not a lot of happiness in the first one at all actually yeah there's just man i feel like say what people say that arnold isn't a great actor i don't know arnold's the man i think he's great especially in this one like they, they let him make some more jokes and it just he plays it really well and the way that he can kind of spew out this information that's very scientific but then also just kind of like make a little joke i'm like i don't know i think it's really good for for anybody who dares talk poorly about arnold schwarzenegger i highly recommend you go on youtube and type in bill burr arnold schwarzenegger bit because bill burr's bit on arnold schwarzenegger is the most spot-on interpretation of the life of arnold schwarzenegger i've ever heard in my entire life and for people to criticize this man shame on you yeah i'd like to see you do what he has done in this country <laughs> yeah also he he still looks fantastic like in the beginning i was like maybe it looks the guy a little different. shredded yeah like, the guy maybe, shredded. i don't know if he's still like mr universe because i feel like terminator one was very much like look at the physique oh, he's of this still guy. big yeah but, like, in this one he seemed like more like kind of cut 
And yeah. like, for some reason, he also seemed taller or something. I was like, the way they, I was like, man, look at this dude. And he walks into that biker bar and you're like, oh man, like you just, you can only imagine like what people would be saying and everybody's kind of like looking at him like, what the heck's going on? And I just love that eventually the people stop fighting him and they start running away. Like there's one guy who's like, and he just like he's like I'm not gonna he's like I saw a guy stab him they're like trying to kill yeah. this dude it's like it's not working <laughs> he's just throwing yeah, people just, around like, uh, well, he's walking in the biker bar ass naked and the waitress turns the corner and just goes oh yeah they're like <laughs> ah. like all the ladies are checking him out all the guys are like what Who what the, the hell is happening um, yeah uh, and b- before we wrap up I do have to give a shout out to James Cameron for both of these movies doing the very subtle silhouette of the dong. In the first one, you had Arnold. You could just barely make out his, his penis. Yeah. And then in this one, you get Robert Patrick when he's kneeling down and he turns. You can see a little there. Yeah. So like I said, I've seen these movies way too many times that I have now seen the silhouettes of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Robert Patrick's penises. So The question is, like, why, yeah. why as machines did they need that? You know what I mean? Like maybe that was. He kind of passes human. You know, you know, you know what you have to do to infiltrate. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's just like, well, at what point? You know, it's, it's like the T one thousand. They're like, we're gonna keep doing this. This guy that's like, we need to have them autonomous. Uh, you know what? Oh, for sure. Atomically correct? Oh no. Uh, and and uh, I can't even think of the word right now. It's too much. I'll think. I'll come back. Anatomically. To it. Anatomically. Thank you. Um, well, judging by judging by the waitress's reaction to Arnold, I'd say a man probably did was behind Cyberdyne because he's like, we got to make giant penises and all the robots giant penises. I would love it if that was like what like a book of like anatomy next to Miles Dyson's computers, and he's just like he's like I'm gonna make this thing so good, and he's like, and then instead of talking about like the the jet that never you know ever gets like or the jet pilot who never gets tired or whatever it doesn't come in drunk or anything like that like it's just like he's like what if we made it like the best humans but they were made of machines and he's like look at yeah. all these books that i've made sweetie and she's like you need to hang out with your family some more dude like yeah, we need to go to raging right. rapids or whatever i was like oh like they had a whole subplot with that family which I like to see that. I forget his that actor's name who plays Miles Dyson, but he's been in a ton of stuff. Like, yeah, he's uh, he plays Silas Stone in Justice League. Dude, yes, uh, he does. R.I.P. Yeah, oh, <laughs> can't wait for that Snyder cut. Um, yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. And again, I've seen like snippets of it from the past, and it was just nice to actually like go and finally see the whole thing for what it was. Uh, but yeah, man, thank you for uh, for sitting down and like talking about it. Hey, man. Of course. If you any other '90s action movies that pop up to you, you give me a shout because uh, I was a big fan of all those cheesy '90s action movies. Was The Rock the '90s? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was what, like '95, '96. Yeah, I just saw the honest trailer for it, which is super good. That movie might be Michael Bay, my favorite Michael Bay film. Uh, it's real good. That one's ridiculous, but it's really oh, fun. Oh man, my, uh, my my favorite Michael Bay is still uh, Armageddon. Oh, still dude, Armageddon's good, dude. Yeah, just I, I don't want to close my eyes. Um, yeah. yeah, I Armageddon, and then like Deep Impact <laughs> came out. Like I feel like these they're like we're releasing we're releasing our asteroid destroying movie, and they're like, well, sorry. And then they yeah. <laughs> it's just like okay, and then the only one they're like we're only gonna talk about one of them. And it's like okay uh like all right it's gonna be with bruce willis with a bunch of like oil diggers heading up to an asteroid you're like yeah it makes total sense yeah doesn't that one have um i can't think of his name um he played randall from monsters inc and he's also uh in 
um, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, Steve Buscemi, yeah. Steve Buscemi, is he in that one? Oh, yeah, he's one of the best parts of that movie. Steve, I, lo- I love that Steve Buscemi, I got, I saw him, like, more, like, around, like, the Mr. Deeds days. So, like, he always was, like, a comedic actor. But, like, he can do a bunch of stuff. Like, he's oh, he's not, incredible. Yeah, he's not just yeah. comedy. Like, he's he can be pretty serious. Oh, man, but anyway, maybe The Rock, maybe Armageddon, dude. I'll t- I'd be happy to go back and watch those ones. Armageddon's a great summer movie. It like it's a classic like summer like you watch it around the same time as independence day yeah yeah very pro pro like america maybe independence day more so i don't know <laughs> anyway um but thank you uh for for checking that out again and thanks everybody for listening to us talk about this we're just gonna wind down the show here with just our quick class segments as we uh as we like to talk about these uh things that consume our lives and kill our time a perfect segue into time killers and i don't know if you've done anything different with your time killers since last week Steve, but maybe you have. Uh, I've still been playing Destiny 2, playing a lot of that. Nice. Um, and I just watched that new movie, The Old Guard, on oh, Netflix. How was very it? good. It's very good. Okay. I highly recommend it. Okay. It seems like they're setting up the doc. The, the director definitely sounded like he said he wants to do a trilogy because it's based off a comic series. So I think it's supposed to be kind of like a trilogy. So sure. it, it, it ends in a way where you're like, all right, they're definitely going to do at least one other one, but it's great. I like, if you we just talked about like practical action effects and stuff like that, the fight scenes in the old guard are some of the best I've seen in quite some time. Cool. Like, Oh, it's, I think you'll, you'll really enjoy it. Great movie. Charlize Theron is phenomenal. She's and amazing. then I've just been reading through my nice little, uh, Got a little comic. Got the Avengers versus Thanos. Just been going through this. Amazing. It's been very good. Uh, I'm like halfway through right now. That's so good, Steve. Uh, well done. Those are some good time killers. Yeah. What about you? What have you been killing time with? Uh, so I just picked up the. It was actually gifted to me, and I was reading over the weekend the second book in the Brandon Sanderson series. The Reckoners series. Uh, the first one was called Steelheart. This next one's called Firefight. The last one's called Calamity. It's basically about, like, if humans one day, like, some of them got superpowers and they all turned evil and a bunch of, like, regular humans trying to fight back and what it would be like to kill super peer or superpowered individuals. That's pretty good. Really <laughs> freaking good. It's real page turners. Um, and if you like the boys or anything like that, I recommend oh, I watching. love the boys. Dude, it's like the boys. It's like the boys, oh, but not as intense. Out. The boys, it's like... Oh, oh, I love the God. boys. It's good. So good. It's just, like, so... It's so, like... It's this close, I feel like, to almost not like adults only, but like there's oh, just yeah. so much like even Carl Urban, who I love, and it must be so weird for him, but they're like, hey, you're going to say some of the worst words in the English language, but you're going to use them kind of like using the word the and and. Yeah. Like you're just uh, going to constantly say it. I uh, can't wait for season two of that. I Okay, oh, I didn't man. even watch the trailer because I know people are like, they're like, it's coming like September. I'm like, this is so cool. Apparently, and maybe you heard about this, but he plays Billy Butcher. Mm-hmm. They shot a bunch of stuff for season one with him that they took out, and they're gonna give him like his own like little minor film thing. I don't oh, know nice! That. So I was like, dude, Carl Urban is one of the most underappreciated actors anywhere. He's so yeah. good. Like he is really good. Go watch Dread, everybody. He's, he works with this much of his face, this much the whole time. Um, I just I love I love Carl Urban, but anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to the boys because that show. I just love like what if the Justice League were evil? That is such a cool concept to me. Yeah, it's so and it, and and it it brings like the the sentiment rings kind of close to home where it's like 
what if superheroes were real but what if they were corporately owned and yes. like that just hits home because it's like so much shit is corporately owned like why wouldn't you know superman be corporately owned that's one of my that's honestly one of the reasons why i absolutely love the dark knight returns so much oh sure like i mean obviously the frank miller comic is renowned so i'm not like you know some rare person that i really love this <laughs> you know critically acclaimed comic but one of my favorite parts is the fact that like superman became like a, just a puppet of the united states government yeah and you could easily see that happening if superheroes did exist and so i loved the the spin that the boys put on that because it was so perfectly like gory and grotesque i was like all right this is great yeah it's it's very good uh and it's weird because i've been working on a video for a long time talking about marvel's own version of an evil justice league the squadron supreme and i was like i'll do this in like one video but then i wrote like seven pages and it might be like a two-part thing uh yeah i just man i i think it's so cool and i'm still waiting for marvel to eventually do their own squadron supreme thing i really think it could be a movie they could make and people would be like whoa did they just make a, a really good justice league movie and people yeah would be like, maybe they did um <laughs> which would be cool but besides that uh i actually started for the first time i've never played yakuza and i played yakuza mm. zero today for a couple nice. hours it's a lot of fun, a lot of cutscenes, uh, which is fine. It's not really great for streaming all the time, but uh, the fight mechanics are really fun. I like the soundtrack. It's just like I was really getting into it, so I'm excited to try it out. And there's like a thousand Yakuza games, so I'm just going to start with Zero and see how I feel after that. Yeah. It's like, uh, and I wanted to kind of get in a little more of the japanese mindset for ghost of tsushima that's coming out in a couple mm -hmm. days so like i was like i'll do some yakuza today and then maybe i'll watch last samurai and then like you know kind of get uh into it more which last samurai don't sleep on that everybody one of tom cruise's best you like last <laughs> samurai steve i have not seen that mostly because i thought it was a little weird where it's like oh let's do the last samurai movie but we're gonna start tom cruise yeah it's very <laughs> I, I get that once you see it it like makes more sense but i understand from like yeah if you just see the title and stuff you're like what what the last samurai is tom cruise you'd be like i am looking forward to ghost of tsushima though i am very much looking forward to that i'm actually kind of bummed that i'm going away this weekend because i won't get to play it until like sunday night but whatever that's okay it'll it's be... something to look forward to sunday exactly yeah uh but i'm man i'm so stoked for that oh wait. <laughs> uh and then uh yeah well i guess we can just sort of wind down that's pretty much everything i've been doing uh, as far as time killers has gone just in terminator obviously terminator 2 now i'm just nice. like, looking at it. it's so funny on netflix like <laughs> they're like hey we've got terminator 3 uh, rise of the machines we've got terminator salvation I'm like you don't have one and two and like one and two are like held back they're like you can't you must rent these things and it's yeah. like it's like but three if you want three here's it here it is and you're like oh. yeah it's for free just take you're it like, you're like we'll Please pay you take to take it, it. It's like, <laughs> what he's he's holding a coffin um i i gotta watch that movie again it's probably the only good thing about it uh anyway <laughs> we're gonna move to the last segment of the show which i like to call and it's my favorite segment uh, which is community feedback and questions now, Steve, I, I got a brutal question here for you, and it's it's going to be tough because, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to, to answer it. It's it's really difficult. This one comes in from Layman's Terms over on our Discord. He said, your top three action movies of all time, but then you can only pick one of them to be created. Which one do you pick? Oh, it's still Terminator 2. Like, it's <laughs> like, that's the one. Like, th that is the movie. You didn't, you didn't even hesitate on that one. Yeah, that is, that's in my eighth grade yearbook. It's what's your favorite movie, and it's Terminator Two, and that was true when I was thirteen, and it's true now. It was true when I was four. When I was four years old, I broke the VHS because I watched it too much. We had to then tape it on HBO 
when it was on HBO because our VHS copy of it was broken thanks to me. Amazing. Well, okay, so what are your other two top action movies then? If it's, if um, I, oh man, that's so tough to just like do three right off the bat. I, I got to put Dark Knight on there, naturally. Dark Knight was just incredible, absolutely phenomenal. And then, oh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, for sure. Like, oh my God, that is just an absolute blast of a movie from start to finish. Question for you about Dark Knight. I don't know if we talked about this. Does it bother you at all that they changed out Rachel's character? No, I just think Katie Holmes made a very dumb decision not to do it. I don't, it just, it bothered, like, I get it. I'm sure there's, there's reasons why it's just like. I just wish they would have renamed her. Like it just like it's yeah. constantly nags at me because I'm like, this is a different person. Um, I have a continuity. I'm a stickler for it though, so that's why I'm one of those horrible people that Star Wars hates. They're just like, oh gosh, this guy. And I'm like, uh, quick question. Uh, they're like, nope, 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 nope. Just moving on with the movie. Um, but anyway, uh, okay. So Terminator Two. I was thinking about this. I think Mission Impossible Fallout would be mine. Uh, mm. I think that movie is like. It's like so far up there as far as like trying to do as much and like push Tom Cruise to the brink of death as it possibly can. Uh, and it's just, man, that every time I watch it, I'm just like, wow, this movie is really gripping. <laughs> like, there's so much stuff in there. And it's not like him being a cool, like, I can kill a bunch of dudes. He's like, I'm just surviving in a way that most people never would. <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's his character's super mobility. Uh, but man, I, I just really like that. Uh, and that might be, that might be mine. Uh, and again, because I don't have the same like fondness, maybe in a couple of years I'd be like it's Terminator Two, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, that one, oh, Mad Max is a good choice. I would maybe pick one of the John Wicks though for me. Hmm. It's like one of the other ones. See, I'm one of the the few who probably haven't seen those movies. I, need, I need to. I definitely need to. I just because like not all of them have been on streaming service. Like, oh, I think sure. I can like I can watch uh, three on HBO, but I haven't seen the first two. So like. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of like waiting it out until they eventually all just come on a streaming service that I already own. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And remember, I always feel bad because like I I could tell, and this happens with me a lot too. Do not feel bad about that because guess yeah. what? They serve you. You don't serve them. You know. That's I mean? right. Like, don't you worry about because it, it's so offensive to some people that you haven't seen this yeah. movie and you're like, whoa. Like, uh, but you you get to John Wick eventually, man. I think you'll dig it. Uh, and oh yeah, I'm I'm sure I will. It's really practical, too, for the most part, so it's not, like, something that if you watch it in 10 or 15 years, you'd be like, wow, this is really dated. You'd be like, that looks still pretty good. Um, but, yeah, one of those, maybe the first one. John Wick, what was the third? I was trying to think of Mad Max Fury Road is also really good. I've been oh, meaning so to go good. back and watch that one. It's so crazy, too, that they based the whole movie on, like, one car chase. Like, it's just, oh, like, it's one, fantastic. It's like one it's so good. chase. Uh, and, like, that one, I think, and I've, I've said it, like, a million times, but, man, using CGI to, like, bolster the movie as opposed to making it the focal point where it's just like oh yeah they added like mountains and deserts and stuff in the background as opposed to being like hey we added like a thousand more cars because we could it's like they didn't do that and it's just like thank you like yeah (laughs) thank you for for doing that um but yeah i just like i like mission impossible fallout it's so good anyway um But yeah, uh, also I asked everybody what their favorite action movies were just because I was like, I wanted to hear. Lodi has said possibly Die Hard 2. I am still no, I am not, I don't know a lot about all the Die Hards. I've seen a couple of them. Is Die Hard 2? Yeah, I've only seen, I've seen the first one and I've seen With a Vengeance. So I I haven't, I've actually not seen Die Hard 2. (laughs) Yeah, 
another one that I could speak a little more on was that Missile Mage sent in. It was just a gif of um, Kung Pao Enter the Fist with the main character. Oh, man. Chosen one I love Kung Pao. And then the tongue coming out. Again, a movie that would not exist today. They would not make this film today. Absolutely but not, yeah. It is hilarious. It has got some pretty good, decent action in it because it basically steals. It's it's a movie that's ripped off literally another movie, and so the yeah. fighting in it is like pretty good. But man, I am Betty. Yeah. I have <laughs> only ever like almost just died laughing in a theater twice, and one of the times was Kung Pao as a kid. I thought it was the funniest thing, and I'll never forget when they're like talking about the chosen one, and he's walking through the desert, and he runs through the desert, or whatever. They're like, and occasionally he drove through the desert and chose him like in a red <laughs> Cadillac, and it's like <laughs> with his border collie. Oh my gosh. Chosen one! I'm coming! (laughs) I can't even... Oh, and the whole, like... The, the James Earl Jones ripoff with like Mufasa and the clouds and the CNN <laughs> bit like it's so funny oh my gosh Kung Pao you gotta watch it with people though I highly recommend if you're gonna watch that movie watch with people like he punches a dude's whole chest out and they make a joke yeah. about it and the guy comes back later on I thought they were gonna make a sequel but I think that was just a joke like at the end of that movie they're like a sequel's coming it was a lie I was lied to anyway good choice Missile Mage uh, I really appreciate that Anyway, uh, thank you everybody for listening and watching to us ramble on and just talk about all these things we love so much. If you ever have a question, a topic, a movie, or a game, or something you want us to cover here on the podcast, all you have to do is tweet the hashtag Critical Podcast. You can tweet our official account, which is at GoCritical, or you can tweet at me personally. I'm a JimmyGood013. However, if you'd like to tweet something at Steve, like say, hey, Steve, you're a good-looking guy, and I appreciate your movie tastes and video game likes, uh, where can they find you, Steve? You can find me at plus one Bastek, so P-L-U-S-O-N-E-B-A-S-T-E-K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tweet about all types of stuff. Mostly, I've been tweeting about how much I just hate Twitter lately. So, yeah, that seems fair. Uh, Twitter gets exhausting after a while. So, yeah. I've been taking a couple of days where I just don't look at it as much, and it's much better. I've tried doing that too. It was the same thing I tell people I used to do with Facebook, where I just scroll down like the home feed, and yeah. I was just like, and then I get off. I'm like, what did I? I just like did that for 20 minutes, and it was like nothing. And it was just like sadness or like, yeah. people just being mean. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I just. Not not always great, but we're I'm on there. If you tweet at me, I will look at it. I tr- I promise you, yeah. I will. Like, we can we can tweet jokes at each other. Let's oh, bring some happiness to the timeline. Yes, and that just reminds me, uh, for people who watch this whole episode, what should be the hashtag that they watch it be? Hmm. Hashtag he'll live, <laughs> dude. Yes, it's so good. He'll I I thought that was so funny. I was oh man. That kind of stuff. I, I want John and Terminator to have their own film. Like, uh, I was like, oh man, these two, they're great. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for watching us. If you want to support us, we have a ton of places to do so. You're probably seeing our Patreon pop up right now. Uh, you can do that, or we have Twitch that I'm on a bunch as well. My sister's going to start streaming soon too, so there's going to be more streams, all this stuff. But uh, no. honestly, you don't have to do any of that. Just hanging out here is great. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're on Spotify and like all those other places now. I'm trying to get them all on there, and it takes forever, so just uh, forgive me, but they'll all be on there eventually. It's just, it's, I need, Like I said, I need to hire an intern. I just need to hire an intern. Be like, it's like $5. You want to do all this? Um, anyway, Steve, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure getting to talk to you again. Thank uh, you so much for having me once again. Oh, my gosh. Like, let's just. I want to find another action movie now just to talk with you about it. <laughs> Anything you want. Maybe we can talk about Ghost of Tsushima when uh, we both play through that. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that'd be great. That'd be so much fun. Okay, yes. There you go. Yes, let's go. Okay, cool. Excellent. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and it's next time, just remember to adapt and overcome.
Bye-bye.